When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the last. He gets loose and Bergeron scores. There are three ways you can support the show. We're available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans. I'm Mark, and welcome back for episode 49 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Beast from the Northeast Sports Clothing Company. If you're in the market for some one-of-a-kind Boston sports designs, Please go to northeastbeast.com and enter special listener promo code black and gold for 15% off future orders. If you're an Amazon shopper and would like to help cut the cost of running our podcast and website, please go to blackandgoldhockeyblog.com and click on the Amazon banner to the right of the screen. We would definitely appreciate the support. Now time to properly introduce co-host Rob Tomlin and Court Lalonde to the show. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Awesome. Uh, I'm good as well. Another exciting week of Bruins hockey uh, that we, we're definitely going to uh, uh, get on in uh, just a couple of seconds. I want to uh, give out a quick happy birthday shout out to Wayne Haley. Uh, he is the host of uh, the Hockey Nuts podcast, a show that him and Steve Ball do a great job doing. Uh, Wayne is a former uh, New England resident that lives down in the Carolinas, and uh, he talks about Bruins and other uh, NHL-related topics on his show with Steve, so definitely check them out. Happy birthday, Wayne. Uh, so uh, um, jumping right into it, uh, the, the week started on Monday with a, a, a convincing um, win against the uh, Vancouver Canucks on the road, and uh, it didn't start off the, the greatest. I mean, David Backus got on the board, scoring his 14th in the first period, and then uh, two goals by Marcus Granlin to really make make this this game uh, a little interesting. But this uh, in the second period, 
they definitely turned things around. Uh, Zdeno Chara scoring his seventh, uh, and then El Elder scores his fourth for Vancouver. But the show, the show of the of the whole game was uh, Brad Marchand uh, scoring three in the third period to to end the game at six to three. Um, I thought it was a great win. Yeah, really good, really good game. The only pro the thing I saw was. Um... Those two Granlin goals were mirror images of each other, like only a few minutes apart. Um, I think the Bruins fell for the same thing twice. Uh, yep. But Bram Marchand, what a what a game for him! Like especially the goal where he stripped was it Henrik Sedin of the puck? It was. And just danced out in front of the net like it was nothing. Uh, definitely showing his confidence down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, that, that that was an amazing goal. It uh, it 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 actually, um, when you think about it, it showed how much he's changed as a hockey player into this. Um, as they're touting him in the media now, one of the elites in the NHL. Um, yeah. He uh, he he did look like an elite in that game. Yep, definitely definitely showed a ton of leadership and uh, and as a team, uh, they they did show a bunch of leadership uh, to come back, and um, you know. From what I've seen, in my opinion, the Bruins uh, this season and in the past two have been a team that just doesn't put or doesn't seem to put the 60-minute effort together. But on this night, um, the third period was huge for them, which hasn't been uh, a greatest period uh, for this franchise. But um, it was an, it's just an, an overall good game. I'm not a fan of the late nights. Uh, call me what you will, but I, I stayed up as much as I could to watch this game, and I've been paying for it all week. Um, trying to catch up. Yeah, exactly. But, but we are still we are still seeing this um, this pattern lately of uh, forgetting how to play hockey in the first couple minutes of the game. I don't yeah. I don't know what's going on because it happened all week. Yeah, uh, they've got to uh, they've got to jump into the game quicker, um, especially with what we've got coming up next week. But uh, they really need to put on the pressure in the beginning of the game because in the Vancouver game at the beginning of it, when I was watching it, a lot of defensive laps, a lot of a blown call up. Um, blown assignments by forward and D um, at the beginning of the game. And I, at, at first I'm like, Oh God, they've, they've regressed back into the old Boston Bruins style. Uh, but they did persevere and come back and uh, take over the game. But at the beginning, I'm sure we all were watching. We all thought, Oh, this is not going to be a good game. Yeah, I was, I was the same way. Um, but moving on to the, uh, the Calgary game, um, which I, was the one that I was more nervous about than anything else, just because of the way the, the Flames have been on a hot streak, no pun intended. Um, but they, they, ended out, they ended up coming out uh, real strong in the second period. Another, like you mentioned, um, Court, uh, the first period, giving up a, a quick goal to Alex Chason. Uh, but uh, David Pasternak comes in uh, to uh, tie it up at the in the first period. Uh, second period, Brad Marchand again uh, still on fire, scores an unassisted 36th goal. David Backus another goal in the second period for him. That's 15. And uh, nice to see Matt Bolesky get his third goal of the season. And uh, David Pasternak scores his second goal of the game to uh, wrap it up, and that's a five to two win. 
Which is also his 30th of the year. Yeah. My eyes are going bad. I got to get new glasses. Yeah. So. In that game, like like Court said, uh, Brad Marchand showing that he is an elite player by that that dumping by Chara on uh, Chad Johnson. Like, every player kind of stopped thinking the goaltender had it. And Brad Marchand was the only guy busting his ass to the net and got rewarded with the goal for that. So that was uh, good to see. Now, I, I didn't get to actually watch the game live. I unfortunately had other things, so please don't take away my fan card. But uh, that Dougie uh, that uh, Dougie Hamilton goal, oh. I was just about oh, to say was... that. I was just about to touch on that. Oh, that was bad. That was terrible. And if if, if the listeners haven't have, didn't have time to see the game at all, um, Dougie Hamilton just took about three, two to three strides past the red line and fired one in on Hudobin, which was a routine save for probably 60 goaltenders around the uh, NHL and AHL combined and couldn't make the save. It just it went right by him and a real embarrassing moment. Um, but also, also, I'd like to thank Mark for keeping me up to date the whole time I was out and letting me even know about the really bad Hamilton goal. <laughs> I saw your panicky like Facebook comments. Like, yeah. Please, someone let me know. I've just got out. Please, please, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. You went to a concert. Yes, I did. Yeah. A good time? Yeah, it was a great time. Awesome. awesome. I'm glad to hear it. So, uh, yeah, so the Bruins snap a 10-game uh, Flames winning streak, which was which was really nice. Um, which also shows it's the new Bruins. Yeah, um, yeah. The old Bruins would have got walked over, and especially by Calgary. But the the dreaded back to back. They, I I hate these back to back games because I mean this was one that I really wanted to have, just for the fact is that I made a silly bet. With uh, another another co-host of uh, another great podcast, uh, Scuttlepuck, uh, the Scuttlepuck podcast with Mike Bond and uh, Pete Oves. Uh, yeah, I don't remember his last name, but anyway, made the bet with Mike, and it was for a beer. So I owe him a tall Guinness, which sucks. But anyway, the uh, the Edmonton Oilers came out flying in the first period. Uh, two from Bruins killer Patrick Maroon lately. Um, yeah, he really is, eh? Yeah, I mean, the, both both games this season against this team, they just haven't been able to do anything against. I, I believe he scored the first two goals in the previous game, did he not? Uh, he got I, I, I want to say he did, Court. I think you're right. Yeah. And like real quick in the first period, just once again, the Bruins lost this game in the first five minutes of the game. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Badly. Yeah. And you can't really do bad. that against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. You I I put the game on the day afterwards uh, when I got home from work. And I was kind of like eating my food. And as I looked down, boom, they score. So I was like, oh, okay. And I turned around to get my drink. And I turned back around and I thought it was the replay of the goal. But it wasn't. It was the second goal. So that, uh, yeah, that kind of killed my night as soon as I got home. And and the, and to be totally honest, for what I saw, and I, I looked up some stats, because as much as he can score goals, Frank Vetrano, he killed me out there. Uh, he was on for three goals against, and they were bad. A lot of the times yeah. they were just like, he was like, 
I don't know, blowing the guy a kiss in front of the net instead of playing defense. I, I just don't get it. I, just some of the plays that I saw this team play, they just broke down defensively. Everybody on the team, not just one player, but the whole team just broke down, just just decided that they were only going to try and score goals and leave everybody else hanging out to dry. Yeah, that, that, this Bruins team looked very, very tired. And like I said, they don't do very well on the back end of a, of a back-to-back game. So, uh, But that's, that's no excuse. I mean... You definitely have to come out. But to lose to Edmonton, I mean, and Edmonton's a very fast and young team. They're on the upside uh, of things. Then you know, it's a franchise that definitely is, is taking a, a step forward. But to lose 7-4 to four to a team like that, I thought was kind of ridiculous. But, but to yeah, take yeah. a positive out of there, you know, uh, Krug got his 40th uh, assist of the year. So he tied last year, he got 40 as well. So he should get more than 40 this year. So it'll be yeah. a career year for him. Uh, and Marshawn uh, got three points, and McDavid got three points, so it kept him in the, the scoring race to get more excitement. So to take some sort of positives, and Dominic Moore probably scored one of the nicest goals this oh, year. Oh, nasty backhander. Yeah, you that backhand roof. Yeah, you don't Oof. see that much anymore, you know what I mean? No. And And, and it, I, oh, it was a ding-ding. I loved it. I heard, yeah. I heard three po- uh, two posts in that, and... Uh, yeah, what a way to find some space because there really wasn't much space there at all. No, and we we got and it was a shorthanded goal, and we also got two power play goals. So our special teams played well. It's it was just our defensive coverage. We we left our goalies hanging out to dry. Anytime there was the goalie would make the first save, it didn't matter. Edmonton would get the rebound. Now that can't happen to win games. You need your goalie makes the first save. That's his job. But after that. It's everybody else's job to take care of it, and it just wasn't there. Right. Um, also, with with the talk of that Dominic Moore goal, uh, do you guys think that he's under contract next year? No. If I'm right, he's only on a one year deal. He is yes, on a he one is. year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna be. It's that's gonna be something that's gonna have to be talked about with with the Bruins organization. Definitely after. Uh, this expansion draft and uh, the NHL entry draft, which is coming up shortly after that. Like, uh, he's played well. He played well. He yeah. lives out here. He lives out here even in the summer. Uh, he could be um, one of those walk-ons to training camp. If no young kid uh, surprises us, we could bring him back. He's at the end of his career, he, and he, he's played well. Yeah. He has played well. He was a surprise signing that has played well. So it, anything's possible, but if we want to bring guys like Stafford back, um, there might be, there might not be enough money for more. Yeah, but more might take a discount. Yeah, but then you're, then we're we're looking at the guys as as Mark will probably talk about later. All these young guys, like yeah, we have Achari, we, we have a lot of young guys that kind of deserve a shot. So, what are you going to do? Uh, and most likely that those those shots that um, the young kids down in Providence will take will be less money too. So that's that's a deciding factor as well. And two and two way deals. Yeah, yeah. So good point. That was the uh, that was the week prior. So um, now is the week ahead, which left us in third place with eighty two points um, going into tomorrow night. With Ottawa with 86 and Montreal with 88. That's right. So the uh, the Bruins finish up their four game road trip in Toronto at 7:30 p.m. Uh, this is this is probably out, out of the four games. This is probably the biggest. Um, and I will be there. 
And and yeah, that's why because Colt's gonna be there, and he's a big jerk. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but um, okay. I'm very jealous. But um, it's a divisional game, and and this and opposed to the other three, they weren't. But you know, you can scratch points away on those and 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 like it. But this game is so important, and I believe we do owe the Maple Leafs uh, a big win because uh, if I'm not mistaken. And I definitely could be wrong that the Bruins have not played well against this team this season. We have not beat them all year, but I did some digging and I looked into some stats because I do agree with you, Mark. I think this is the biggest game of the coming week, besides the fact that I will be there. I looked at the stats on how three individuals on our team, four, sorry, played on a Monday. Now, the team's record is five and three out of the eight games we played this year on a Monday, but... Uh, Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. Pasternak and Marchand actually played very well on Monday games. Pasternak has played eight games, four goals, four assists with eight points, two game winners. Marchand, he's played, um, he's, he's got five goals and four assists with 10 points. I mean, sorry, five goals and three assists with eight points on Monday games in the eight games with two game winners. So Bergeron, he's got the, uh, the five assists, the, the one goal, three assists, sorry. Um, so, he has played well as well, but those three guys, the fact, and it's, it seems weird, but I was looking at situational stats, and it seems to ring clear that this is the first time they play him on a Monday, and the Bruins actually play well on a Monday after a couple days rest. Yeah, that they have had two, three days rest. So, so Tuca has got is done five and three with a 2.07 goals against with one shutout on Mondays. Nice. Now, his, his goals against average right now versus Toronto this year is 4.69 which is absolutely terrible, but I really feel he's going to put all the haters to rest with a one heck of a game on Monday night. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Are you sure that's all it's going to take to shut them up? No, it's really never going to shut them up. But, uh, <laughs> there's just no way. Like It's just this week. It's been hilarious. I really, I really felt it. It's just been absolutely hilarious that he plays. We we win the first two games. You hear nothing. We lose against the Edmonton Oilers, and all of a sudden, Tuca's the worst goalie in the league. And I, I, I can't believe how many people wanted to bring Jones from San Jose. They were, why did we trade him? Or or Can Talbot? Oh, I've seen. Geez. It's it's just getting to the point of just just stupidity on the people that say these things. It's madness. But how? It who out of those two goalies would have got the same amount of points for Boston well, this year as two arrested? I'm not even. I, I also <laughs> want to bring up jo- Jones has one of the, the best defensemen in the league in front of yeah. him right now. Exactly. Best defenseman in the league. And I just wanted to bring up some facts, okay? People, Tuka Rask has had 430 win seasons. Tuka, fact, Tuka Rask has a better career goals against average over Carey Price, Brayton Holpe, Henrik Lindquist. That's a fact, people. Fact. Tuka Rask in his, his first year in the NHL actually had a 1.97 goals against average with five shutouts and wasn't even nominated for the Calder Cup or even considered for any major major award that year because he he shared he shared half the season with Tim Thomas but he still had 22 wins and played 45 games but they compare him to all these goalies that are just playing now like Holpe Tuka Rask's stats when he was young was better than all of them he has better stats than all these elite goalies or and they say Tuka Rask is not an elite goalie. It just, 
it, it drives me crazy. I don't even want to listen to it anymore. Anytime I see it, I just ignore it now. It right. just makes me laugh because the facts are there. If someone wants to show me facts against it because saying that he lets in soft goals or that he can't win big games is just a cop-out because it's not an argument. It's just saying something. It's just your opinion. It's not a fact. Give me a fact and I'll believe it. I've given There's you only fact. one one argument that ever comes up against Rask that drives me insane, and that is the last game of last season. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm sorry, who do you go with? The healthy goaltender or the guy who would have to wear a diaper to play? <laughs> Which one? Because I know I would have picked the healthy goaltender too. Right. And anyone who talks contracts is... I'm sorry, if you get offered $7 million a year to do your job at home, I'm pretty sure you're taking it. Yeah, no arguments there. I guarantee nobody's going to argue. And, and he still has a better career goals against average in the last five years than all these goalies that I mentioned, and he hasn't made the playoffs in the last three years, and he hasn't really had a defense in front of him in the last three years. And exactly. these other elite goalies, Lundqvist and Price, which they are, and Holpe, have had phenomenal defensive players in front of them phenomenal so please stop it <laughs> end of rant right oh. i knew that was coming i knew feel better court i i kind of do good good this is what you know this is why we brought you on because you dig down deep and find these find these awesome awesome numbers that um you know people need to know if they don't have the time to look up for themselves um, this is why you're a great asset to this uh, podcast team. Or as we like to call them in the real world, facts. Yeah. <laughs> so if people want to give me, you know, fake news, they can have no problem. I want, I'm not going to listen. But if you want to give me some facts, I'll listen. Just, just give me facts because letting in soft goals and not winning big games is not a fact. It's just an opinion. Well, here's a fact. The next night after tomorrow night, the Bruins play a home game against the Ottawa Senators, and um, Ottawa has been uh, a bit of a thorn in the, in the Bruins' side as of late. But um, uh, from what my understanding is that uh, Coach Cassidy is uh, interested in possibly starting Tuca for the twenty the game on the 20th on Monday night and uh, on, again on Tuesday night. Yeah, because Tuca is confirmed for Monday night. Yes. But he's also and, there's also a speculation that he might even start on Tuesday. Now I did look up what his stats are against Ottawa this year. So right now he's riding a three point zero save uh, goals against average against the Ottawa Senators. Yep, three point zero seven. I honestly, because I was looking into it against Tampa, he's killed. He's been a Tampa Bay killer this year with a two point two seven. I think we should rest him and put in Doby against Ottawa. Especially if we win the game against Toronto, yeah, because he can go in against Tampa and just shut the door, and you know we can get six, we can get the four out of six points. It's not saying we're going to lose to Ottawa, but it's just just doing the chess move here. No, no, I just look at it a little different. But no, hey, I'm not the coach. So. Valid points, valid points, Court. Uh, just Play by the numbers, yeah. Yeah, just just to end out the uh, next season, next week's uh, games, they do have the Tampa Bay Lightning coming to Boston on Thursday at seven o'clock, and then Saturday they're on a the road against the Islanders. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, I got to go with you, Court. I mean, if you start Tuca on Monday night against the Leafs, you, you play Doby again, and it, which is a tough decision, but it's it, you got to do something um, against the Ottawa Senators. Um, you, you have to have a goaltender ready for Thursday night against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's been playing really good lately. Um, so Correct. That's a, that's a tough one to call, but like you said, we're not the coaches, and uh, hopefully the right choice is made, and hopefully the team shows up to play, uh, whoever's in that. But I also looked at some, you know, because of down down the stretch, um, the thing that wins games is power plays and penalty kills, except against uh, Edmonton for some reason. But, but uh, Toronto right now has the best power play in the league. Oh, I can imagine. At 23.6%. Um, but Boston has second best penalty kill in the league yeah. at eighty five point four percent. Toronto is ninth in the league, and Boston's tenth in power play. But Ottawa has the twenty first um, best power play in the league. So technically, they have a terrible power play. So it, it's and, and they're twelfth for penalty kill, and and Tampa Bay is eighteenth for penalty kill. So and Tampa's got a killer power play. So we've got the Ottawa game. That's why I'm looking at Doby when special teams. Ottawa's not. A special teams team they they win by you know boring hockey uh, as we all know that coach does uh and it's the rumor is that uh the ottawa coach is is going to ride out anderson almost for the rest of the year it's not a bad it's not a bad idea i like craig especially with, especially with everything that's going on with him ex- and him and his yeah, wife and, and the just, coach said he's, he's had a lot of sits so they yeah. might just ride out so makes sense yeah so all right well that's done for that um so on to my next thing that i wanted to talk about um was the the expansion draft um i i I was playing on capfriendly.com and in their tool section if you click down on that and you go down to expansion draft you can actually go you know, do the whole league if you wanted to, or just or just focus on the Bruins like I did, and uh, picked out the players that I would protect and and the ones that are obviously going to be uh, exposed to uh, the Vegas Knights uh, in the upcoming expansion draft, which is on the on June twenty first. So uh, I'm just going to go along and just say my picks and uh, we could just discuss them from there. And I'd love to hear yours. If you guys had time to do it. Um, I did. I, I want to keep now. I did the, the seven forwards, three D one goalie. You could, there's another I, scenario I, too. Did you do the I, eight and four? I did, no, I did the seven and three as well. Okay. I don't, I looked at the other scenario. And I don't think it's going to work. And yeah. I, and I, and I'm sure as, as you probably are going to tell yours, we're both going to be only talking about one forward and one defenseman because I'm sure everybody else's list is the exact same. Rob, because... did you have time to, f- to fool around with that at all? I didn't, but I kind of know the guys that I'm going to pick anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll just preface with the guys you have to pick. There's certain players you have to take. Well, yeah. The, there's the guys that have no movement closes. but Correct. Yeah. So, all right, so I'm going to go first, all right? My forwards are going to be, my seven forwards are Krejci, Bergeron, Bacchus, Marchand. Uh, I I held on to Stafford, and I'll tell you why later. Uh, Spooner and Pasternak. Now, this this tool right here didn't, 
the way it goes is it's 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 highlighted in green if the players have met the eligibility to be taken in the expansion draft. Now, the weird part about this is Spooner and Pasternak weren't colored in green. So does that mean that they're still they're not available to be taken? I don't believe no, they, that. No, they are available to be taken. All right. So I picked Stafford, Spooner, and Pasternak. My defense was Chara, Krug, and Colin Miller. And obviously my goaltender was Rask. So my list was the exact same mark to a T. Because obviously, like I said, it comes down to one forward and one D because the top guys are going to be the same. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we all agree on that. Sorry to bore everyone, but mine's exactly the same. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, I looked at the list, and I'm sure we're all going to say the same things. We're not going to protect Boleski. We're not going to protect Hayes. We're not going to protect War. Well, um, when you... before, I, before I did this, I was thinking about Boleski. Now, hear me out. Just for the fact is that he, he possibly holds a little more trade value in a draft pick, which is which is – like a week, a week after the expansion draft, or, or minimum days after the, the expansion draft. So if you wanted to get a, 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 we don't have a third round pick this year. So if you wanted to like take him for a third and then call it a day, I wouldn't be upset with that. So, but that's one of the reasons why I kept Stafford because, um, that you you do have negotiations that you can talk to him about re-signing for a year. Mm-hmm. And but I, I, think, I think Sweeney's going to be okay, even if you left Bolesky open, because I really do think... Um, I've seen a lot of mock drafts, and they keep saying Malcolm Subban. It could happen, but I really do think that the two guys they're going to look at will be Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid. Yeah. They're going to look at defense. Those are the two guys they're going to look at. And so I Bolesky, think they're going to... They'll take Kevin Miller. Same here. That's who I think. I think Kevin Miller will be the the one they take because they're going to have to. The way Colin Miller's played, yeah. um, he's he just he's been he's become especially with his contract. If you left him open, he's gone. Yeah, and he's actually played well on the left side. Um, as a right, sorry, he's played well on the D. He's, he's played well enough that he has he's he's unexpendable. We can't get rid of him now. He's that good. I just I like I like his speed. I like his um, his puck possession coming out of the zone. He's mm-hmm. got he's got wheels, yeah, and, and he's got a hell of a shot. Well, I really yeah, like I, I really said in my article. Yeah, I really don't want to see a player like that go, especially at the price that we we basically paid for to get him. I mean, it was there was no there was no way Milan Lucic was coming back to the Bruins. Nope. Because of the the way the cap is set up and the way the Bruins are always up against it, it just wouldn't have happened. The, so, the choice was Marshan or or Lucic, and, right. and Sweeney made a great choice. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I I, I, I see the upside in this kid. I watched him in Providence. Uh, I'm sorry, in uh, yeah, in Providence. And but before that, in the American Hockey League, he's with the Manchester Monarchs. I was a season ticket holder there, so I got to see him quite often. And He's he's got upside. It just needs time, um, and he's getting it. He's getting a great look by the um, by the the coaching staff. Um, I, I I could definitely see him sticking around in possibly even signing an extension after after next season. And he does something that we haven't done a lot from our defense this year. He hits the net when he takes a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I, I know it sounds funny, but he, nine times out of ten, his shot hits the net, and he jumps into the plays and creates offense out there. He creates offense. So, especially with Cassidy style, he looks great. You got Krug and him both being a quarterback out there. Um, it, it looks nice. So, uh, you were talking about Malcolm Subban a little while ago, and, I, and this is going to be my question. If, if he's not taken in the expansion draft, which I doubt he will because he's just been Same here. playing terrible, is, mm-hmm. is, his, is the Bruins' next move to get him out during the draft? Their next move is to try and trade him. But I just don't even see them resigning him. Is he even worth offering him a contract? If no one wants him, he has no value. So what's the point of offering him a contract? when If we do draft a goalie like we've been suggesting, they should do, um, and we bring in somebody else, do we really even need him anymore? Like maybe it's time to cut our loss and walk away. Let someone else just take him. I know it sounds crazy. I know it's a waste of a draft pick, but it's also a waste of a signing. Right. He's absolutely terrible. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Well, Zane McIntyre is also RFA too, so. Mm-hmm. And um, I, and is he having a good day today? Uh, no, he's not. I'm watching the game right now, and the Providence Bruins are losing four to nothing. He had a shutout on Friday night, and before okay. that, he he had terrible numbers. He was 0 three. He his his save percentage in those three games were below 900, like 8.89, and. He was giving up just some really bad goals. So, it, it, you know, he's he's showing that he's human, but he's still got an incredible uh, AHL record so far. But, I I mean, if he does have restricted rights, so he's got negotiation terms, you know what I mean? So, I don't – it's not out of the realm that the Bruins talk to him about another year. But it's also not out of the room – a realm of Vegas taking them. I know it sounds like a waste of a pick, but they could take him instead of bringing on the contracts of Adam McQuaid, Kevin Miller, or the Bolesky's or the Hayes that are going to be available. That's a nice angle. Yeah, but remember, they need to take some contracts on. But they will to reach be the cap floor. Remember, there will be a deal that Mark Andre Fleury is the new goaltender for the the Vegas. Uh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. What like a a third rounder? For him waving his rights, yeah, to be a, to be left open, and then Pittsburgh can uh, let him let him be free. Hmm. Vegas is going to pay a lot of money for a goalie next year. It's going to happen. Oh, so, you got, well, and, you... are, and, and not even that, they could bring on a contract that, that you know you got Brown over in Los Angeles. Just a contract that they're going to be taking on. Well, they're I going. was saying to someone the other day, don't forget that um, Radulov only signed a one-year deal. Yep. with Montreal. Right. And uh, what does that guy like more than vodka? <laughs> Gambling. <It's> m- money. <laughs> money. Mm-hmm. Money, money, money. He also likes Where's drinking the in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Where's money? Las Vegas. Oh, that my guy, God. Him and the Cassetan brothers. Head in there. Yeah. <laughs> it will be like the KHL 2.0. Exactly. Just all the KHL players going over there. So it, it could happen that Subban goes to Vegas because yeah. I, it, it sounds weird, but the only reason I say it is because I've, I've seen a couple publications from some 
uh, places out here in Canada, like Sportsnet and the Hockey News, and they're picking Malcolm Subban going to Vegas as the Bruins pick in their mocks. And I was in shock. And I'm, and then I started looking into why. And I'm like, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, they also they, they also do have to start up an AHL franchise too. Yep. So that I mean, he could definitely be part of that. Or uh, or, or the backup. You know, who knows? Uh, if if you think about it, if they don't take on Kevin Miller and or uh, Adam McQuaid, you've got to think that one of those guys is probably leaving next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really unfortunately need them because of the emergence of Colin Miller, which I don't think Sweeney thought was going to happen with such a low contract and not much term, and gave these two guys the the contracts, um, especially Miller. Um, I don't think I think the Colin Miller thing was a surprise to them, and that whole logjam we have on the right side. I think they're hoping that one of them gets taken in the expansion draft. Yeah. As much as I know, we know a lot of fans of uh, of Adam McQuaid. He could not, might not be a Bruin next year. Uh, Will be a shame, but uh, yeah, because he's you, played you can... he played amazing this year. He actually has. Yeah, and you can tell that he wants to stay a Bruin because he seems to be like using his talents more and more like getting more physical wanting to like he's guard people shots. he's blocking yeah. shots and not falling apart and breaking so that's yeah, good you know is. it's an upside known for adam mcquid but mm. that that's a i've always been saying that is the type of guy come playoff time who you start to see the little things he does because he, in the playoffs everyone realizes how much guys like that do like like we said on the last one, uh, him and Tuka Rask on that penalty kill on that five on three uh, two weeks ago was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Adams at all, and and many people know that, but I, I I'm surprised too by by his his play this season. Um, definitely definitely showing some upside to a to a team that could be coming into the will be coming into the NHL next season. So. I mean, his value can be can be placed anywhere in the NHL right now. So, um, and when... there's talk of them wanting to be. Uh, well, someone mentioned the whole Moneyball theory, uh, and will they go like be a fancy stat team mm-hmm. where they take a lot of rejects that might work out together? Well, um, now that you say that, Rob, being a fancy stat team, you you know who went there, right? Who? Cap Geek. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't Cap Geek. Cap Geek. No. Cap Geek went down when the when the uh, founder passed away. Oh, okay. What? Who's the other? What's the other oh, one? Oh, it was. Oh. You know who I'm talking about, right? He went Come to Vegas. On. General Manager. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. General Manager dropped, seized all operations of their of their website, and moved on to be the uh, the numbers dude over at for the Vegas Knights. So. That's potentially a great uh, point that you made, Rob, about um, numbers because uh, yeah. you know he's kind of like what what uh, I, I believe it's John is it John Chica of the Arizona. Like, yeah, the, the, he's the uh, he's a numbers guy too. Yeah, but yeah, he's a general he's a manager. This guy, yeah, is but he's a numbers he's a course dude. he's a right. coursey guy, and and also the Leafs have a, an assistant general manager that's a coursey guy as well. Um. Uh, Moving on to our next topic, Uh, maybe it's just because I'm not involved with the NHL and and all the changes that are happening, but 
Um, can one of you guys explain to me the, the, the playoff format that I recently found out is new? Yes, it is new. So this year, um, the tiebreaker is the regulation overtime wins. Uh, regulation wins, sorry. Uh, and second plays third, and first plays the wild card. I, I what happened to? Oh man, I well, really they, missed they, the one. They, they changed it. They've changed it the last couple of years. And actually, if you go back, if the rules were in place, Boston would have made the playoffs a couple of years ago. Oh well, that's just nice. Yeah, sorry, just to just to <laughs> rub that into everybody. Um, but this is yeah, they've changed it this year. So um, second will play third, uh, and first plays the wild card. Thanks for straightening that out. I still, if the old me wishes it went back to the old way where uh, one eight two seven blah blah blah. I like that way. So so right now, we'll be playing Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa Senators. And we're not going to talk about it. How do you both <laughs> think that will go? I don't want to talk about it. That's a well. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say what Court doesn't want to say. It's going to be a boring series. Yes. You yeah. know, it, I mean, it really is. Uh, and I, I have no complaints about that at all. They, they and, play it, just a really, oh, it's, is it, is it just me as they play that old New Jersey style? The trap. Not even yeah. that, I don't know if you guys, if you, if for the fans out there and anybody wants to look up online, it was the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it was for oh. almost two minutes where the Flyers. Where he just stands there with yeah. the puck. So yeah. I think it was Mark Streit just sits behind his net with the puck and doesn't yeah. move. And no one on Tampa does anything. Now, imagine if Julian was still our coach and these two teams meet in the playoffs. I don't think anybody would leave their own net with their own end with the puck and we just stare at each other. Maybe that a goal was, I don't know. It was it wasn't Strike who held the puck. It was um was it Victor Hedman? No, no, no. It was it was Philly that held the puck on Tampa. Oh yeah. But yeah, they, yeah. they didn't even hold it behind the net, they held it in the uh, in the face off dog, yeah, basically. No. You'll see just... it. They actually skate up to the face-off, and no one comes. Uh, St. Louis. It was because St. Louis was still in Tampa at the time. Doesn't even move. So the players yeah. just kept cycling the puck in their in their own zone because they were like, I don't know what to do. And then fans started booing, and, <laughs> and uh, the they almost got a penalty. The game, didn't they? Yeah, they almost got a penalty for delay a game. The Flyers <laughs> delay a game. Yeah. That, that was the so puck's funny. still moving though, right? How yeah, could you call it delay a game when a puck gets moving twice? Uh, because the, nothing was happening. So yeah. it's, I believe it's over two minutes that nothing happens. Like, oh. absolutely nothing happens. Oh, you got to see it. It's hilarious. I am going to look Didn't that up. Didn't it happen up. once and then the the ref stopped the game? It uh, happened the second time and that's Yeah, the and then they dropped the puck and, like, Philly wins it back and Tampa just, like, back up onto the blue line again. Yeah. And, like, they just, yeah, they do it again for another minute or so and then they and, stop the game and just and say, no, you can't do this. And that's the way Ottawa's playing right now. So, yeah. But they're winning hockey games, so you can't you can't fault them, right? Yeah. And they're, they're always they've always been a tough team against the Bruins. Always. No, well, I they've mean also, they've also been an, a very rarely a good playoff team as a franchise. Yeah. Well, remember the whole Hamburglar situation, yep. and then first first round done. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have like, more experience going into a matchup with them, and that's one thing that in the playoffs means a lot. Yeah. A guy like Stafford, um, he's, he's a veteran. A guy like Bacchus, in a first-round matchup, we're going to yeah. see his worth because mm-hmm. he's going to put it all on the ice. That's good. I mean, that's definitely when you need to, to see those players. 
I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm hoping it happens. Um, and uh, I wish I... I wish I had that picture that I I, I uh, found on Twitter. It was uh, something about the uh, the numbers. It was a percentage that the Bruins are ninety two percent are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, then, then it you, went down into categories like uh, first yeah, round said, exit, second round, third round, and Stanley Cup winner. Um, did you not see the picture that I posted the other week? It was like a a circular graph. Yes, yeah, it's from the same same people. Yeah, so it was the Bruins were actually fourth favorites to win the cup. Yeah. In that thing and we were we were like tied with the people uh, tied with Toronto who were in the wild card at that point. So I kind of looked at that graph and was like, uh, is this right? But at the same time, we've been on a hell of a streak since the uh, coaching change. So it's yeah. ac- it's actually w- these stats that I'm find uh, on Twitter and it's called and it's on the website moneypuck.com. Uh good follow. I suggest you definitely check them out for numbers, but yeah, it's uh 91.39% that the Bruins make the playoffs. Uh 53.98 that they make the second round. 30.87 they make the third round. 15%, 15.98% to make the final and 9.11% to win the cup. But then it, then it goes on to other categories with points, uh, win division, second in division, third in division, wild card, wild card two, and the draft lottery position. So I thought that was pretty do cool. Me a, do me a quick favor. If you're on Twitter right now. I am. Uh, go on Bruins Cap Space. Another fantastic follow for uh, Bruins listeners out there. Does that say nine point two million for the cap? Yeah, nine point seven. Why is it now nine point seven? Because it goes down. It goes the cap room goes up as the season gets um goes because the the contracts are almost paid. Ah, uh, right. That would make a lot of sense. I and. It's not even on AAV numbers now, is it, Court? It's on no. actu- actual salary. What's remaining? Yeah, what's remaining left in their salaries? All right, good. Like when we got Stafford, he already had. He still had a million left of his his deal for the year, almost. Yeah. Well, I just thought someone might have been injured, put on injured reserve, and I've not seen. No, Bergeron is fine. Ah. Just to let everybody know, Bergeron is in Toronto. He did a car- he did a signing here in Toronto. He is not hurt. Just, just, just certain publication kind of, you know, put out a message today. So just letting everybody know. Yeah, it was, the, it was the, it was the National Hockey League Bruins that that put it out there, saying that they they just weren't on the ice for practice. That includes Correct. Bergeron, Stafford, who had twin babies twins. last night, yeah. and um, who was the other one? Schaller, yes, who was still injured. Yeah. So I mean, that publication was just letting everybody know that that. No, the other web page that said right. No, no, I, I, I was just about to get to that, and then all of a sudden, it's like um, other publications, like you, like you're saying, came out with, uh, "Is it time to panic?" And then that sh- went set up a, a shitstorm of of rumors. So, you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. 
You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Uh, As if, it always does in you know, Boston sports. Right. If, you don't see him, if you don't see him, or any player for that matter, on the Bruins team that, that is you know, not out on pregame skate, that's when you that's when you start to panic. Yeah. Don't panic on yeah. on a day that you don't have a game and it's just a regular you know uh, practice. And the guy has a scheduled signing appearance in Toronto that you could easily do a search on the internet and it shows up. Just, Bam! Just search, just search it once again with facts. I love it. <laughs> All right, um, this is another one that I wanted to get with you guys about because I'm 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 you most of you know that I'm really heavily into the prospects. Uh, but uh, over the past couple of weeks, I've been, I've been doing a lot of research and, and figuring out where players are going to be in the Providence Bruins system, especially next season, as there's a wave of generational talent that are coming in. There's, there's going to be a need for people to be removed and let go from their, their, you know, their services. So, um, I, I, I had to focus on the UFAs that, that are potentially on their way out. And um, I got right wing Tyler Randall, right wing Brian Furlan, forward Zach Ronaldo, which obviously they weren't going to come bring back. Um, defenseman Chris Casto, defenseman Tommy Cross, defenseman Chris Breen, defenseman Ben Marshall, and obviously goaltender uh, Malcolm Subban will probably. M- not be around next season. Now, the Providence players that are potentially going to come in, I have a strong feeling it's going to be a little more than potential, but um, with Boston College uh, out of the uh, playoffs in the NCAA, uh, Boston, yeah, Ryan Fitzgerald will most likely sign an entry level and go to Providence. Zach Senishin is available, uh, eligible for the AHL. Jesse Gabriel, uh, he's got an entry-level deal and, and uh, will be in the AHL next season. Jakobs Borrell, the same thing. And Jeremy Laws, and both of those guys are defensemen. And plus you have to factor in some NCAA free agent signings that, that could happen. So with all that being done and, and my two weeks of research, I come up with these lines. And let me know, let me know if this, is, this sounds good to you, you guys. But I got... On the, on the first line next season, I have Danton Heinen centering Peter Klaharik and Zach Senishin. Second line, Austin Zarnick centering Jake DeBrusque and Jordan Suarez if he signs another uh, deal, which we talked about last week, Rob. I believe you said he, he could be on a two-way. Yeah. So that that's a potential second line. The third line is... Uh, is Ryan Fitzgerald centering Jesse Gabriel and Wayne Simpson, another one that could possibly be uh, a, a sign for next season. Because him and Simpson and Swartz have led the, led the team in Providence this season in points. And it's just a, they deserve to be signed, in my opinion. But, you know, who knows? Uh, the fourth line, uh, Kobe Cave centering Anton Bleed and Justin Hickman. And then going down to the defensive lines, I got Grizzlick and Zaboro, Lawson and Arneson, which is coming. He's coming back uh, healthy. He's been out for the last three months, so 
Hope to see him soon. Ogara and Grant, if they sign, I I, I want them to re-sign Grant for another season, uh, yeah, on a two-way he's been deal. Really good. Yeah, and of course, uh, in goal, I have Zane McIntyre and Dan Vladar coming up from the East Coast League. What do you think about those lines? So you have Achari making the Bruins next year. Uh, well, that's a big whoops. Well, no, no, no. It's, it really isn't because when you think about it, we just discussed it earlier. I don't think Dominic Moore is coming back. So you need another centerman. And I really do think it will be Achari that will be our new fourth line center. I didn't even see it. Oh, you know why I didn't see it? It's because he's, he's, on the ro- he's on the roster. He just got called up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. well, it, it makes sense. I thought you you did it purposely. So no, I, I didn't, think he's our fourth line center. I didn't even see that. Well, Both yeah, lines. that's that's a good point. More will Those lines make a make a lot of sense, and that first um, line actually sounds very exciting. It does, doesn't yeah. it? And that's really the, that's depending on if Peter Klaharik doesn't make the roster spot next season because he's he is a versatile forward who could play both sides. Yeah. So um, the I, only the only thing I see differently uh, is uh, Zaboral on defense. I really think he's gonna probably make that six spot on the Bruins roster next season. Really? I think yeah, I I just think he's So so you like, you, you think he'll be there over McAvoy? Yeah, cuz isn't Zaboral or he's a right-handed shot, is he not? No, uh, he's left-handed. Oh no, he so Rob's got that point. Uh but I I don't think McAvoy is going to be there next season. Uh I so. I I'm with you on this one. I don't. But from from what I've seen of Zaboral and the way he can skate the puck and that first pass, yep, I really think he would fit perfectly what they're trying to do with the defensive core. Sure. Um, and I I think he has the ability now to make that squad, and he he's got the body size as well. He's, yeah. He might be short, but he's Tory Krug like. Yep. But he's that a bit just, taller. Yeah, I said that yep. last week. One thing you do have to factor in. Now, Sweeney did say that there's a strong possibility that they're going to be bringing up, signing some kids at a college. Yeah, just signing. No, I understand that. But those kids, I don't think, and I know you'll agree, that I always think going down to the minors is not a bad thing. Um, if, if if JFK or Bjork sign, they could be a Providence Bruin next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If they sign entry-level deals, they are definitely yeah. eligible. And But once they do that... Their yes. their collegiate no. their collegiate career is over. Correct. Not, not saying that they can't go back to school after their professional years are done, but they are not eligible to return if they don't make the team. And if and if McAvoy does sign, then he then, doesn't. Then then Kevin Miller or Adam McQuaid will no longer be a Bruin because there's just not enough room back there. Right. Right. So it's all it's all room. And if if McAvoy does sign, you know, all I've seen of the kid is the World Juniors. He looked great, but small sample I don't size know. though. I know exactly. That's what I'm saying. But Small, you, yeah, you've got to remember as well. There's, there's no way that um, why, why do I always forget his name? Uh, yeah. John Michael Lyles. There is no way John Michael Lyles is coming back next season. No. Correct, but he's not. Pl- he's not playing now. So yeah, I don't even uh, have person anymore. And I don't think Morrow is either. No, no. unless unless he comes back on a two-way contract and goes no, down or, to Providence. 
or unless he comes back on a, a, a contract just to play in Providence, which is a strong possibility. Yeah. But, uh, well, Bartowski did it. Right. Yeah. So there is a chance. But then you have the same chance of losing that oh, guy to another speaking, team. If Bartowski, he's, he's now on Calgary, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and we can we thank him about the game because you know him, yeah because he played horrible yeah <laughs> he was awesome thank you Barkowski that was great how I many how many really former Bruins were on that Calgary squad the other night two uh, three on D yeah and they well, all all three were terrible <laughs> doesn't Joe Colburn play for them on forward I believe so yeah uh, former oh, first round pick of the Boston Bruins. Three on D, I know, and uh, and Barkowski and Weidman, they were both playing together, weren't they? And they were absolutely yeah. terrible out there. Oh, yeah, because th- did you see that stat on Twitter? Yeah. That uh, Bartowski and Weidman combined for, like, minus three? Yeah. I think it was. And uh, they had some other terrible stat as well. Like they, I think they had, like, six giveaways. Yeah, they actually assisted on one of the goals. Yeah, so... We really appreciate all the things you've done for Boston. Yes. <laughs> Come back anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have to say this. This is my rant. Yeah, cool. Um, just want to let everybody know that since um, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are out of the Hockey East tournament, Boston College is out of the Hockey East tournament. Well, it didn't matter anyway, but um, Boston University – is out of the Hockey East tournament. This does not mean they're going to sign deals. Guess what, yeah. people? They still get to go on and play in the NCAA tournament. So the commitment to their teams are still alive. So just please, enough with the... It's been 24 hours. How come McAvoy hasn't signed yet? Settle down. Do some but research. it's not just that. Like... Am I not correct in thinking if they sign now, they can't even finish classes? Um, so they won't sign until If they have a scholarship? Like, if they have yeah. a scholarship? Yeah. yeah so once... they won't sign until probably June. Right. And it's not even that. Think about this. They, they, everybody keeps bringing up the whole toy crew thing. Well, if you remember, we had so many defense down. Seidelberg, everybody was down that playoff. We had to sign yeah. them. Yep. Yeah. We had no choice. It wasn't that. Oh, we got Toya Krug. If all these defensemen weren't hurt, I think it was McQu- it was McQuaid Seidenberg, right at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the kid played. Yes, he played great in the playoffs, but that's the only reason he played. Um, was it you that posted the? Yeah, it was you uh, that posted the article about Healy, the yes. defenseman out of the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked. But like a few things about that kid, and that kid looks really good. Mm-hmm. But the rumor is he might be going to bank. He's so he's try he's done professional tryouts. Um, yeah. He's gone to he's gone to camps already. So it, the rumor is like I saw it, and but uh, rumors don't mean anything because if rumors were true, then VC would be a Bruin. So <laughs> yeah, this kid right. this kid could be available. Um, the rumor is he's going to go to Vancouver or uh, or somewhere out in Canada, but. Uh, because he's, he's, he's a Canadian boy, but that doesn't mean anything. So I just look at him, I agree. He's a hit, he's, he can hit, he's got offensive potential. He looks like a, he looks like one heck of a pickup. Yeah. It uh, looks like a bit of a diamond in the rough as well. Mm-hmm. But he could so. be a Justin Schultz and only be good if he goes to Pittsburgh. So, 
yeah. Well, I don't think he's only good if he goes Pittsburgh. I think that was a factor of he was playing for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, the same team that just beat us seven to four. Well, no, not the same just, team because they didn't well, have Connor McDavid. But they did when he was first. Th- I'm just. It's just the thing. Certain players yeah. play well in certain systems, but Justin Schultz. Yeah. If you could, you. Could, it's like going to Chicago. You can pretty much put anybody in the back end as long as you have Crosby and Malkin in the front of your. Come on. Yeah. Chris Letang is great, but you know they won today four nothing with nobody in their lineup except Sidney Crosby, who conveniently got three goals. Yeah, so what's the uh, what's the total now between Marshan and Crosby? So Crosby's got eighty, McDavid's got eighty, and uh seventy nine. Seventy nine, yes. Right so close. Yes, I wrote it down. Oh yeah, well, so yeah, Crosby with eighty, McDavid eighty, Marshan seventy nine. Isn't it just me or didn't Marshan have like three multi point games in a row? Marshan has the most points since January first in the NHL. Yeah. But so last week's games you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Can is it just me or like can you imagine what this guy would be on if Mar- Cassidy has, was in charge all season? Marshawn has ten points in the last three games with yeah. five goals and four assists and a plus three. <laughs> That's crazy. That is... <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and how Pasternak in the last eleven games has got fifteen points oh, with six man. goals and nine assists. Sick. Love seeing this offense now. I really do. There's one thing that worries me about this team, and it is not having enough cap space to re-sign these guys that are playing oh, that, okay, That'll be a rant for another day, but have you seen what some people are saying? We're going to, oh, we can get past it for $3 million. I'm sorry, but what? you know what? I live in Toronto, and our mayor used to smoke crack, and I really hope our fans don't because that's just crazy. <laughs> Rob Come on. $3 million. Jesus, his number is going to start with a six, and that's where it's going to go from. It's going mm-hmm. to be, it's going to be, no, it's going to be comparable to a Sean Monahan contract. It's what it's going to be. Pastor Dax got the numbers. I'm sorry. If they're going to try and get him for a long term deal, starting, sorry, could start with a five, but it's probably going to start with a six. It won't start with a seven, but it's going to be a high number. It's not a four. I was going to say, I was looking, I was looking at that chart that you'd put up of other players that signed around the same age. Yeah. And, I can't help but see the Tyler Sagan deal. Oh. Yeah, um, which was which was one heck of a smart deal when it was signed. Yeah. People thought that we were crazy, but uh, Pasternak's contract and Spooner's, we have eleven million dollars in cap space with with Charo's contract going down to four million next year. Spooner and Pasternak are going to take up seventy percent of it, and I would yeah. say Pasternak's going to take up sixty percent of it. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. So and... there's not there's not much room. Like the whole like as much as the trade deadline's over, I can finally say it now. Shattenkirk will not be a Bruin next year, people. We uh-huh. don't don't even have room for him on the back end. It makes no sense, and we don't have the financials to do it. Even if we got yeah. rid of and and people, we're not getting rid of Hayes and we're not getting rid of Bolesky because no one's dumb enough to take the contracts. So. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Rant is over. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I think it's time for some prospect talk. It's fired at the net, just missed by JT Comfort. Here's Notre Dame back the other way. Bjork fires, scores. Notre Dame ties it up. 
Gilbert taken back by Greenway to the middle. McAvoy scores! Unloads a one-timer, and it's a 3-1 lead for the Terriers. Three games last week for the Providence Bruins uh, started Sunday, March 12th at Giant Center against the Hershey Bears. Uh, the Bruins lost 4-2. to two. Uh, First period goals by Alex Grant. He's got his 13th at 146 from Porter and Anton Bleed. Uh, the second goal in the first period was to Providence. Jake DeBrusque scored his 13th from Jordan Suarez and Tommy Cross. At 9.33, that was it for scoring in that whole game. Really boring game. Uh, Subban takes the loss. He stopped uh, 11 of 14. Moving on to Friday, March 17th, St. Paddy's Day game at the Dunkin' Donuts Center against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers and Baby Bees. The Baby Bees shut out the Tigers 3 to nothing. Uh, first period goals from Jake DeBrusque scored his 14th at 10:13 from Hargrove and Grant. Uh, Providence Colby Colby Cave scored his 12th from uh, Grant and Grizzlick, which is a power play goal at the 19 minute mark. Uh, in the second period, Providence Sean Corrali scored his 12th at 18:21 from Peter Kloharik. And there was no no scoring in the third period. Zane McIntyre gets his second career shutout, um, second shutout of the season, uh, stopping thirty-one of thirty-one. And last night's game, the Providence Bruins uh, were at the dunk again against the Springfield Thunderbirds, and they won four to two. Uh, first period goals by Kevin Porter at eight oh four from Zarnick and DeBrusque. Second period goal from Anton Bleed, his ninth from Grizzlick and Grant at 19.52. And third period, uh, Providence, Danton Heinen has scored his 12th from Curlihay and DeBrusque. Uh, Providence, Curlihay scored his 13th on an empty netter from Heinen and Breen at 18.48. And Subban gets the win, stopping 20 of 22 shots. So... Jake DeBrusque is looking good. Um, so with that, the three games last week, and they are playing right now. It's the they got five, six minutes left to go in the third period. They're down four to two. So we'll definitely give you the uh, updates next week on this game. But uh, as of right now, the Providence Bruins, after 63 games played, they're 36, 18, five and four with 81 points. Third in the Atlantic Division, third in the Eastern Conference. Baby Bees are six points behind conference leading Wilts Grant and Penguins, who have 87 points. Uh, Baby Bees honorable mentions. Like I said, Jake DeBrusque had two goals and two assists last week in three games played. He's currently on a three-game point streak. This season, he's got 14 goals, 23 assists, 37 points, and 61 games. 
Sean Corrali in three games last week had two goals, one assist, three points, and recently got called up to uh, meet the NHL Bruins in Toronto along with Noel Achari. This season, Sean's got 13 goals, 11 assists, 24 points, and 50 games played. Uh, Zane McIntyre snapped a three-game losing streak on Friday night with a 3-0 shutout of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. The no-no was his second. I've already mentioned all this. Uh, his record is 16-3-1 with a 1.93 goals against and a 9.35 save percentage. Uh, East Coast Hockey League Atlantic Gladiators Dan Vladar is currently on a three-game losing streak and has given up 14 goals in that duration. This season, he's 5-7-1-1, a 3.96 goals against, and a .887 save percentage. I, I feel for the kid. I really do. I, I really hope that he gets better and uh, can contribute to uh, the Providence Bruins next season. Uh, in the OHL, Zach Senishin of the St. Saint, Saint, uh, sorry, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds has gone goalless in his last five games and spent less and uh, pointless in his last three games. He needs five goals to break his career high of 45 he got last season. And with one game remaining in the 2016-17 regular season, it's highly doubtful. Uh, he played today against the London Knights for the final game of this year and most likely will be with the AHL Providence Bruins next season if he doesn't make the NHL Bruins. This season, he's got 41 goals, 22 assists, 63 points, and 58 games played. Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Ruin Miranda Huskies, uh, Jeremy Lawson. Uh, season ended last night with a loss to Victorville. Rob, you watched that game, didn't you? Yes, I did. Well, I watched probably 20 minutes. Nice. It was a it was a good, fast-paced game, scoring from both sides. Um, it was good. Yeah. Uh, his season totals for the year after the regular season are five goals, 23 assists, 28 points, and 39 games played. Uh, the 2017 playoffs start for the Huskies on Friday night, March 23rd, when they, on the first round, best of seven series begins against the Halifax Mooseheads. Uh, staying in the queue, Jakobsboro, uh, the St. John Sea Dogs, and his 2016-17 regular season with career highs going nine goals, 32 assists, 41 points, and 50 games played. His Sea Dogs team is back in action on Friday night as the best of seven series against Ramuski begins. WHL Jesse Gabriel, the Prince George Cougars, uh, whoa, really close. Uh, came really close to breaking his career high of 75 points last season, but came up short. And in the 2016-17 year, with 35 goals, 29 assists, 64 point, 64 numbers, the Cougars. I have a first-round bye after they captured the, the British Columbia Division title in the Western Conference. Wow, I cannot talk today again. The NCAA playoffs, the Hockey East Tournament, Boston College beat Boston University 3-2 on Friday night. UMass Lowell beat Notre Dame 5-1 on Friday night. Uh, UMass Lowell beat Boston College on Saturday night to capture the Hockey East title. Uh, Big Ten tournament, 
Wisconsin beat Ohio State 2-1 to on Friday night, but lost to Penn State last night to end the Big Ten tourney. And ECAC, Harvard beat Quinnipiac 4-1 to on Friday night and beat Cornell 4-1 to last night to capture the ECAC title. So um, Ryan Donato and Wiley Sherman, Bruins prospects continue on. Um, but that doesn't mean just because the Hockey East tournament is over uh, doesn't mean that the um, the dreams of a national title are, are through for some of the Boston Bruins prospects. Um, the Northeast Regional is uh, March 25th and 26th from SNH New Arena in uh, Ma- Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, at 5.30 p.m., Minnesota plays Notre Dame, so Anders Bjork will get some action in that game. The East Regional, March 24th and 25th at Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, Number one, Harvard plays Providence College. And the West Regional, this is weird, the West Regional. uh, In Fargo, North Dakota, uh, Boston University plays North Dakota. So that's it for the uh, prospects. So that was good. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm watching a lot of college hockey and getting this all in because it's it's going to be exciting to see these kids get in the fold of the Bruins organization next season. So yeah, um, I mean, it seems that the Bruins are going down the path of drafting a lot of NCAA talent. Yep. So, um, it's definitely get uh, good to get in there and start watching it. Um, I, I, I tried to catch a game the other day, uh, the NCAA, but the stream that I got was just not good enough. So I ended up watching the, uh, Q instead. It's, it's so difficult to watch with the French commentators going, yeah, when you don't understand. That's um, that's and you know what's you know what's even tougher is um, there's two Lausens on the Huskies team. <laughs> Jeremy's brother Zachary plays. So when you're yeah. when you're listening to the French, and, and you, you just he, hear Lausen, you, you hear Lausen, Lausen. You're not sure exactly which one it is unless you unless I can actually see on the stream. Which I mean, yeah. Jeremy's number five. So I'm always yeah. looking for number five and not getting the. The uh, the names messed up, but regardless of the of the of the the language, it's still good hockey. I I really I really watched a ton of Bruins prospects this year, a lot more than I have in in past seasons, and uh, I think it's because I got the whole war room set up with uh, three TVs. Well, yeah, three TVs, and uh, my computer system has uh, three screens, so it's pretty. Crazy. It is. And I'm not done either. Um, <laughs> quick, quick question. I, I don't know if Court's still here. Oh, I'm here. Oh, oh, right. I um, was about to say. He's <laughs> awfully quiet. <laughs> I was just going to ask. Uh, with Tommy Cross probably leaving Providence next season, who do you see being the captain? Oh, that's a very, Ooh. very good question. Um, Who's the assistant right now? Oh, you got, um, you got me. Oh, there you go. Is it? Well, is it not? Uh, 
Colby Cave. No, it's not Colby Cave, is it? Uh, I thought Colby Cave was one well, here, here's my, if you remember, I originally said, I think Joe Morrow will sign an AHL contract with them. Yeah, and he, then captain he, the team. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. There you go. Because he's supposedly a very good locker room guy. The stuff you see on uh, Behind the B, he looks like a great guy. Um, yeah. He could be their captain if, if they say to him, hey, you're going to be our, you're going to get top minutes on the D, you're going to play here all year, and you're going to be the captain. Show us what you got. Show us if you have leadership. My my pick, my pick, and I don't see this this kid. He's got he's got does have great upside, but I just don't see him at the NHL level yet. But I I would pick um, Matt Grizzlick as as captain. Well, that's a good pick. You know, I just I I'm trying to pick a name that's going to be around the AHL maybe for a season or two. Before transitioning, and I think he will make the NHL soon, but I'm I'm not I'm not expecting. Is uh, he is, is is he a left or right shot? Uh, you know how I look at things when I know. To use that. I'm gonna start. Uh, you know what? You're gonna make Grizzly me start to write everything handed. down now. Yeah, because Grizzly is a left-handed shot. Okay, so then he does have a chance. Anybody right. that's in our system that's a right-handed shot, if they even draft one at the draft, the kids so, will be like, I ain't played like five years. So here's how I would do it. If I was the like GM, um, I would let one of the young guys come in from Canadian Juniors who is already a captain. Which the only one coming in who is a captain, I believe, is Lawson. Yep, I think you're right. So I would let Lawson be the captain because he's probably going to play a few years down there. Yeah. Um, so I would give him the captaincy. Then you've got Zach Sinishin who was an alternate captain. I'll give him the A. And then... uh, Well, hear me out. Okay. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Zach Sinition has been known as a great locker room guy and also community guy. Okay. So I think he'd be a good guy to like show some of the youngsters like what to do and everything. Uh, I think he's going to be down there at least a season, and then I'd probably give the A to like Jordan Swartz or someone who's a bit older, um, and definitely probably looks like one of them locker room guys who would be out there telling you what you're doing wrong anyway. So yeah, some solid choices, Rob. Yeah, the only reason, the only, the only reason I, I made the, the, the sigh about Senishin with the A is because I do think he would be called up and down, and the last yeah. thing you want is to give a guy a letter, him be up and down all year. Yeah, he could I, be, I just, he'd be one of those I, guys emergency call up just for practice, like what happened today. These guys got called yeah. up just to fill in roles at plastic practice so they could have people on the lines. Yeah, that's why they're there. I just, uh, I, I don't think he is going to be a call up guy. I think they're gonna. They're gonna roll with because they've got two two defensemen that aren't playing right now. I think next season they'll have one defenseman who doesn't uh, a, a seventh defenseman basically, and uh, and a thirteenth forward as well. Yeah, but you, if you look at it this way, you have a guy like there's a couple guys on our team that can score goals that uh, can't stop a goal from being scored on them uh, if their yeah. life depended on it. 
And that is something you need to be able to do in the NHL. And if they can't do that soon, those guys could be moved because they are valuable assets. I'm not using names, so I don't have any hate mail. Uh, but uh, Seneshin is that type of guy that if he can get his defensive game up, he's a goal scorer. Yeah. That's what he is. Yep. He, Paul, you know you said you scorer. didn't want to say any names. I said Seneshin coming up. I didn't say who was <laughs> on the team no, now. But, but, I mean, you know you said you didn't want to say any names for yeah. fear of hate mail. Yeah. D- is one of the names. Tell me if this sounds kind of similar. Frank Matana. What? Yeah, yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, All right. No one's gonna know what that word was. Uh, just, yeah. just me and you. <laughs> that's that's at Court Lalonde on Twitter. <laughs> oh boy. I know he's a hometown boy, but wow, he yeah. is a defensive <laughs> liability out there. I, I thought I'd just add to that because I knew the rant from before it was connected to that somehow. <laughs> oh. Listen to Rob setting up. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> that's, right. that's part of the internship. You've got to take some of these bumps. Uh, so what do you, uh, you guys got anything else or you want to wrap this up? I'm good. I, I think that was a really good show. I yeah, I thought so too. Like thought it was very informal. Thought we did a lot, a great job of touching on um, many aspects of the the Bruins organization in whole. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, good show. Um, a big week coming up for the bees, starting tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday. So uh, we'll definitely be around. Um, you can find me. Mark at Black and Gold two seven seven. You can find Rob at Rob Forty Bruins, and you can find Court at Court Lalonde on all on Twitter. Please follow our podcast uh, Twitter account, Black, the letter N Gold Pod. Um, you can find us on Apple iTunes, uh, Google Play, Player FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. Uh, plenty of places to go and, and find us. Um, we appreciate the support. Um, if you're an Amazon uh, shopper, please um, consider using blackandgoldhockeyblog.com uh, as a way to do your shopping. We have a banner. We are an affiliate with the company. Uh, Amazon's been really good to us, and our fans have been uh, very good to us. So please go there and... and um, do your shopping, and when you do that, please know that um, none of the per- none of your purchase goes to us, so you don't have to pay any extra. It's just an, an agreement we have, so we do get a little bit of um, some money for for all the stuff bought. So, and I think that's gonna do it. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, for me, Court, and Rob, we'll see you guys all next week. tuning in to the black and gold hockey podcast please join us next week for another discussion of bruins hockey related material